0: Hello and welcome to the program UFO Morning. In this episode we ask, did the Defense Department lie about Roswell? That's correct. Did the Defense Department lie about Roswell? Now, a lot of people are going to say, well, why would you even ask that question? Of course they did. But just for argument's sake, I want to take a look at this because there's been another article come out on this subject uh, really questioning some of the things that the DOD has said and I think it takes it deserves a a, a good look now, of course in 1947 an Unidentified object crashed near Roswell, New Mexico and it sparked the initial speculation that it might be a flying saucer or uh, Some kind of a flying disc now Remember, it's been established that something did crash there So it's not like these people just made this story up out of a whole cloth now the US military initially issued a press release confirming the discovery of a crashed flying disc, but later retracted the statement, stating that it was a weather balloon. I just point out, it seems like, doesn't it, that a lot of times the first thing out of a person's mouth after an accident or a crime or something is the truth. And then later on, if that truth is not convenient, they try to cover it up kind of seemed like the same thing happening here. Now, the incident gained uh, renewed attention in the late 1970s when people started talking about it again. And a lot of people came up with different ideas. And of course, those people were labeled as conspiracy theorists. And there was a really a major attempt to deperson anybody who asked questions about this. Some people thought there was a cover-up of extraterrestrials or technology. Uh, uh, Maybe uh, there were were, uh, aliens in this crash. Um, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of questions were asked, and all kinds of lies were told and to, to cover up those uh, possible answers to those questions. Now, the official explanation remains that the wreckage was from a top-secret classified project called Project Mogul, which used high altitude balloons to detect Soviet nuclear tests during the Cold War. You'll also remember that there was a whole thing about the crash test dummy that was dropped. So the government's story has changed on this a couple times, multiple times. First it's a UFO, then it's this crash test dummy drop, then it's, then it's a, a spy balloon. So they're the ones changing the story. You know, something interesting about the truth, the truth never changes. But the lies that try to cover up the truth, well, they have to change all the time. Now, the Roswell incident still subject to controversy and a lot of debate with lots of theories and speculations. Maybe someday we'll get to the bottom of it if we're able to see you know, all the documents that surround it. And if we have more articles, like the one that we're gonna take a look at here, that really ask basic questions and go through this and catch the government and their own inconsistencies or what some people would even call lies. Now, this article is from DailyMail.co.uk. It says, what really happened during Roswell crash, America's most famous UFO case, is thrust back into the spotlight again by former NASA scientists who say new Pentagon report is bogus. And the subtitle says, ex-NASA experts found grade school type math errors in balloon theory calculations. Now, even Air Force Colonel, who first proposed balloon theory, says it was not 100%. Now, this article is by Matthew Phelan, senior science reporter for dailymail.com. It was published February 16, 2024. It says, one of America's most famous UFO cases, if not the most famous, has been thrust back into the spotlight decades after the Air Force claimed to have solved it. The Roswell incident of 1947 captured imagination worldwide when the US Army Air Force issued a press release stating that it had recovered debris from a flying disc. But less than 24 hours later, military officials reversed course, announcing that the debris had only come from a crashed weather balloon, sparking America's fascination with UFOs and allegations of a government cover-up ever since. Now, they don't get to say they solved something by telling us a story, okay? They work for us, we're asking them the questions, and we never have gotten honest answers. So for them to just come out and make up a story and say, okay, it's solved, that's not how it works. The article goes on, it says, Last month, Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, the Pentagon's departing UFO chief, teased his office's own conclusions. The Air Force's 1994 report was correct. Roswell's flying saucer crash had just been debris from a top-secret Project Mogul spy balloon, but independent experts, including former NASA scientists, tell DailyMail.com that official documents created by the very scientists who ran Project Mogul themselves flatly contradict the government's theory. So here you have a case where they've tried to create a limited hangout, but it just started to kind of fall apart on them. Uh, it goes on here. It shows a little uh, snippet of one of, one of these um, documents. It says, dated January 4th, Wednesday. It says, out to Tularosa Range and fired charges between 00 and 06 this a.m. No balloon flights again on account of clouds. Flew familiar, sonoboy oh boy up in the cluster of balloons and had good luck on receiver on ground, but poor on plane, out with Thompson PM, shot charges from 1,800 to 2,400. So they're out there just blasting away, but they're telling you, we haven't released any balloons. Then it says, but on page 17 of the Air Force's 881-page report on the the Roswell crash, a transcribed journal entry by Project Mogul's Field Operations Director, geophysicist Dr. Albert Crary states that the key scheduled balloon launch never took place and thus couldn't be confused for UFO. So there's your missing balloon. They know flat out that there's no balloons released but that's what they tell the public and here we are 70 years later still pushing the same lie. Running from 1947 to 1948 Project Mogul was an effort to track from a distance, the sound waves generated by Soviet nuclear weapon tests, but Mogul scientists struggled to develop a system of high altitude balloons and sensors that could remain level with the right sound channel about 50,000 feet above sea level, fighting off against bad weather and aviation safety issues. In fact, one longtime NASA aerospace engineer who conducted atmospheric balloon experiments, not unlike Mogul, told DailyMail.com. That their critical mogul balloon launch in question never took place well honestly we don't need anybody to tell us that it's right there in the documents the engineer appointed june 4th 1947 journal entry written by project mogul's field operations director albert p carey which states no balloon flights again on account of clouds flew regular sonoboy up into cluster of balloons if he was just flying a rubber balloon cluster with a sonobuoy, that's a three, that's a thin, three-foot-long sonar device. It would go up and come down relatively quickly, and never go too far. This NASA engineer, who wished to remain anonymous, explained to DailyMail.com. So here the guy is. He's a NASA engineer, retired, I think. He said, still afraid to come out publicly and show himself because of the deep state. Doesn't want to be depersoned. In my opinion. That's what Kerry meant when he wrote, no balloon flights on account of clouds. He meant no balloon flights would take the train outside of military airspace. Dr. Kerry's journal, which is corroborated by Mogul's official progress reports, indicate that there was no high-altitude balloon flight that fits both the Air Force investigation's timeline and was also capable of traveling the roughly 87 miles north to the Roswell UFO's crash site. Dr. David Rudiak, a team member of the University of Texas at Arlington Roswell UFO Incident Archival Project, told DailyMail.com. He agrees. Well, it's pretty simple. There wasn't a balloon launched, so how could it have been a balloon that was shot down? Says Dr. Rudiak scrutinized the mogul balloon theory of the Roswell crash in partnership with Roswell skeptics and an ex-NASA Ames researcher, Brad Sparks, in the early 2000s. Together, they focused on the hypothetical flight path of the canceled June 4th balloon flight, which had been calculated by the Air Force's star witness for Mogul. They uncovered numerous grade school type math errors. In one instance, 100 feet slash 12 minutes equals 300 feet, 350 feet per minute, which alleged the, the Mogul flight to start and stop at just the right altitude to ride the wind toward the Roswell crash site. Nevertheless, in an interview with CNN analyst Peter Bergen, this January, Dr. Kirkpatrick announced that his Pentagon office would be doubling down on the Air Force's official Project Mogul balloon theory. Well, they get together, they tell a lie, they don't care how unrealistic or silly it is, and they just keep telling the lie over and over and over again. Because they know a truth stays the same, a lie has to change. They're just gaslighting us at this point. They're lying to our face, telling us things that are obviously untrue, yet people still believe them. I'll probably get a hate mail on this podcast because people will say that I'm being too hard on Dr. Kirkpatrick, he's such a good man, okay? For some reason, there's a large segment of the population that doesn't want to think for themselves. They want to be spoken to like small children and told what to believe. Roswell is a very good example of that. It says, from July 2022 to the end of last year, Dr. Kirkpatrick served as the Pentagon's first-ever director of its brand-new All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, AARO, a congressionally mandated new group devoted to investigating military UFO cases. Kirkpatrick says his office dug deep into Roswell, Bergen explained on his podcast. Boy, I would love to see the deep-digging Uh, report on that I wonder if he when he called people his the first words out of his mouth were don't give me the names of anybody that you were with as we were told he instructed the people he talked to about the UFO uh, missile silo attacks anyway Kirkpatrick and his team at AARO concluded that crashed mogul balloons recovery operations to retrieve down air force dummies and glimpses of the aftermath of that real plane crash Berger told listeners Likely combined to into a single narrative. Now there you go again. They're going back. They one lie is not not quite covering it, so they're they're picking up uh, bits and pieces of things that may or may not have happened, and they're forming them together to create a, another lie. Like I said, the truth always stays the same. A lie always has to change. Doctor Patrick's take is a far cry from the testimony of Roswell Army Airfield intelligence veteran. Veteran Major Jesse Marcel, who came forward in the late 1970s to say that the crash debris he witnessed in 1947 was not anything of this earth. Major Marcel, his colleague, Master Sergeant Bill Rickett, who also inspected a debris field, and scores more who lived near the New Mexico base, have told overlapping tales of a crashed craft, recovered alien bodies, and intimidation of witnesses. As the Air Force described their own Roswell investigation in 1994, their team reviewed a a monumental number of documents concerning a variety of events, including Air Force aircraft crashes, errant missile tests, and nuclear mishaps. Each of these terrestrial events was combed through, they wrote, for information that might help to explain peculiar tales of odd wreckage and alien bodies. But while the Air Force concluded that Project Mogul was the most likely explanation, records written in 1947 in 1948 by mogul scientists themselves show that the suspected balloon flight had been grounded over serious safety concerns. So these guys aren't doing any real investigation. And they're just going back to old reports, trying to find something that they could spin into their official uh, narrative, because the lie needs to change a little bit. It needs to be tweaked. I, I don't see any reports of these guys going back and talking to original witnesses, going out there, doing swell tests, anything like that. Debris from the Roswell crash was found 80 miles northwest of town by rancher Mac Brazil and his son Vernon on June 14, 1947. Well, 80 miles is actually quite a ways. I suppose if you live in the city, maybe out there in the desert, not so much. For the Brazil's discovery to have been a mistaken mogul balloon, according to the Air Force's 1994 report, only one scheduled launch alluded to to in the secret project's official history could have fit the timeline. June 4th's canceled flight. Number four. But Mogul lead carrier's journal entry on the scuttle launch, no balloon flights again on account kind of clouds, transcribed for inclusion in the Air Force's 1994 Roswell report, was also corroborated by Project Mogul's official 1948 progress report. So, even by their own report, they're showing you that there's no possible way that there was a balloon uh, found there. The progress report documents numerous instances of crashed or lost balloons, suggesting that only a canceled flight like number four would have been omitted. Ultimately, the Air Force's 1994 Roswell report concluded that flight number four might have been flown thanks to the testimony of one of Dr. Carey's junior partners on the secret project, an atmospheric scientist in training named Charles Moore. Yeah. You know, so someone points out this, the fact that, hey, there was no balloons flown. And what does the Air Force have to do? Well, they're going to dig somebody up here and see if they can uh, throw, a little, throw a little bit more uh, uh, bondo and putty onto the slide to hold it together. While the leader, while the lead author of the Air Force's Roswell report, Colonel Richard Weaver, took took more at his word, the now retired colonel has since come forward to emphasize that Moore's nearly five decade old memories were by no moon, by no means conclusive did we say it was 100% colonel weaver said on a 2020 podcast no way we didn't say that so yeah we lied to you did we tell you that the lie was uh, 100% certain no but you probably thought it was because hey we're the air force speaking to the podcast host longtime roswell researcher and former air force lieutenant colonel kevin randall Colonel Weaver alluded cryptically to politics and a lot of manipulation going on behind the scenes of his 1994 inquiry. SUNY Albany physics professor Dr. Kevin Knuth, Knuth, who spent four years at NASA Ames studying distant gaseous nebulae in outer space, said he finds the Air Force's findings even less conclusive. As a scientist, I am skeptical of every claim that is made without evidence, Dr. Knuth told DailyMail.com after reviewing portions of the Air Force's 1994 Roswell report. I must be equally skeptical of a witness who claims that there was a crashed disk with alien bodies at Roswell, as I am of a witness who claims that Roswell was the result of a crash of a Project Mogul balloon. This is especially true because the first story that was officially released was the Roswell Army Airfield captures a flying saucer, he added, While the RAF, that's Roswell Army Airfield, public relations official who drafted that release, First Lieutenant Walter Hall, told conflicting stories over the years, he ultimately stuck to that first sensational story with his family. Basically, dad said, yes, he did see the bodies. Yes, he did see the craft. And much more than that, Hal's daughter, Julie Schuster, told Australian public broadcaster SBS in 2021. At one point, I asked him about the size. Shuster continued, and he said the craft was about 25 feet in diameter. First Lieutenant Howe would sign a sworn evidence affirming that he told his family before his death in 2005. And over the years, Roswell mortician Glenn Dennis and others have come forward and cl- have come forward with claims of small dead alien bodies recovered from the crash. I received a call from the mortuary officer at the base, Dennis told Larry King Live in 2003, asking me how many infant hermetically sealed caskets we had, three and a half to four feet in stock. Dedicated Roswell UFO researchers, including Lieutenant Colonel Randall, have joined diehard UFO skeptics in raising issues with First Lieutenant Hart and Dennis's claims. However, many skeptics now believe that the cottage industry around the Roswell legend has tainted the claims of nearly every Resident in the town with a story about the crash, but as Randall, Dr. Rudiak, and the ex-NASA researchers told DailyMail.com, the of flaws and many sensational and unproven claims about Roswell are not alone proof that the Pentagon mogul balloon theory is correct. Well, the skeptics, the skeptics always want to use uh, some sort of uh, distraction. Uh, they want to try to, uh, if they can, intimidate a witness. They want, to, they, they want to try to discredit them. Now, we have these early uh, statements from these guys, and they all point to the same thing, crashed UFO, dead aliens. Now, it goes on, it says, to advance their mogul theory in 1994, Colonel Weaver and his Air Force co-investigators were left to rely on the testimony and opinions of the late Dr. Curry's living subordinate, prof- Professor Moore, then a retired professor of atmospheric physics, that's called secondhand information or hearsay. Working from Dr. Carey's journal entries, Professor Moore opined, according to the report, that the strange debris MAC Brazil RAF intel officer Major Marcel and others thought came from a crashed UFO was most most probably from flight number four. Of course, we were just told in the journal there that flight number four never left the ground. Professor Moore later co-authored a book, UFO Crash at Roswell, the genesis of a modern myth in which he used government wind data to plot a possible flight path for flight number four, how flight number four might have made it to the crash site, a detail the Air Force skipped over. Well, they skipped over it probably because the math didn't work out, and neither did this guy's, it, according to what we're being told. DailyMills.com's longtime NASA engineer who has conducted atmospheric balloon tests said Moore's calculations included two extremely unlikely assumptions. Yes, make it till you fake it. Those assumptions, the engineer said, are supported by no documentary evidence. The Mogul team was operating under a Civil Aeronautics Administration uh, a 400 FAA permit that allowed them to conduct flights under day visual flight rule conditions, that's VFR, the engineer said, a fact available in the 1994 Air Force report. During my NASA research career, I funded and participated in three different high-altitude balloon flights, and we always launched right at sunup, which would have been around 6 a.m. on June 4, 1947. Goes on, he says, But to find wind data that would take this proposed Mogul balloon to the Roswell crash site, Professor Moore assumed flight number, flight number four launched around 2.30 a.m. in the dead of night. And into the thick cloud bank that had concerned his boss, Dr. Carey, The move would have been a violation of federal CAA air safety laws conducted by rogue civilian scientists working on a covert program right next to the only military air squadron in America, the 509th Bombardment Group armed with atomic bombs. Professor Moore justified the assumption with the seemingly ambiguous passage in Dr. Greer's journal entry, flew regular Sonoboy up in cluster of balloons. So you can just see these guys are just, they're just making stuff up out of thin air. Of course, they're not gonna launch a balloon in the middle of the night next to an atomic uh, bomb flight group and on a cloudy night. The whole point was these balloons needed to be seen, and they didn't release the balloon on June 4th because the visibility was too low. But here we have debunkers coming back, you know, what, 70 years later or whatever it is, saying that they did. 70 years after the fact, they're going to come back and change the story. It, it's amazing. And this is your own government lying to you again. It goes on, it says, but Dr. DailyMills.com's ex-NASA engineer, as well as Dr. Rudiak, a one-time biophysics researcher and doctor of optometry and ex-NASA Ames researcher Brad Sparks, all know that the listed balloons arrangement lacked key equipment for a flight to the crash site. There was no constant altitude controller on the balloon train on July, on June 4th, the ex-NASA engineer said. So the ground track that Moore calculated in order to get the balloons from Almagorda, New Mexico, to the Foster Ranch, that's the Roswell crash site, is bogus. Confirming this, images of the ANCRT-1 Sonoboy used by Dr. Carey's team on pages 288 and 290 of the Air Force's 1994 Roswell report show a metal cylinder just shy of three feet in length. Dr. Rudiak noted that this small Sonoboy, a World War II-era radio and passive sonar device, was also used for hunting U-boats and the neoprene artificial rubber balloons noted in the Air Force report do not resemble any version of the Roswell wreckage. So he's telling you right there, the balloon that, that they were shot down would have had this sonar listening device attached to it and it was never found at Roswell. So where's it at? Two conflicting accounts, of course, exist for the debris at the Roswell crash site. First, there are the electrifying and unusual accounts of otherworldly metal materials described by the Brazil family Roswell Army Base Intel Officer Major Marcel, the Base's Counterintelligence Master Sergeant Bill Rickett, and others. And second, there is the more prosaic crashed weather balloon debris described under oath by Rickett's superior Captain Sheridan Cavett. The debris Major Marcel has claimed was forced to pose with before reporters as part of a cover-up Ralph Mary, that picture of jesse marcel sitting there looking kind of surprised as they snap a picture of him with this uh you know stage stuff that they drug in neither version resembles dr carrie's sonoboy tied to a cluster of rubber balloons it's correct even if you assume the picture of marcel there with with his debris was accurate it's it it doesn't line up with the balloon theory either so, you were being lied to twice. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Randall, who worked with Dr. Rudiak on the University of Texas at Arlington's Russell Project, noted that the Air Force relied on Professor Moore's memories and a few secondhand accounts to theorize the foiled covered radar reflectors called Raywin targets and had gotten to the crash site. Dr. Rudiak added that the risky and illegal nighttime mogul flight number four that, profess- that Professor Moore claims occurred. Would have been of questionable scientific value to the project. These balloons were supposed to be constant altitude control, as Dr. Rudiak told DailyMail.com. That's what they were trying to develop, which is why they were trying to accurately track them. They had up to four methods of tracking, and two of them were optical. You know, they had telescopes on the ground, surveyors, the- the- theodolites, he added, and then they usually had a chase plane. If you send it up in the night, you lose those. And they had to track them to make sure they weren't drifting into civilian air lanes so obviously back in 1947 they took a lot more care when it came to launching uh, balloons than they do today but the fact is they just wouldn't have done it it would have been illegal and it would have been no reason for these civilians to take that kind of a risk but beyond Professor Moore's unusual assumptions for flight number four, let's just call them what they are, they're just downright lies. They're just not correct. And this guy had to have known that they're not correct. Dr. Rudiak and Spanx also found simple math errors in the retired scientist's balloon flight calculations. The unusual errors in one instance: 100 feet slash 12 minutes equals 300 feet per minute allowed Professor Moore's flight number four to repeatedly start and stop at just the right altitude to catch the changing winds toward the Roswell crash site. In one instance, Professor Moore Moore also estimated the flight descended into a rapid death dive that does not match any other recorded Mogul balloon flight. Tim Prendity, a scientific technical consultant to to the Nonprofit Committee for Skeptical Inquiry, Reviewed sparks and critics of Moore's calculations describing Professor Moore's mathematical errors as real but minor. No, that's not minor. Do you see the frame of mind here? These people just have no problem lying to you straight face. The facts come out. They're at Roswell. The government says, well, this balloon from the Smogul Project is what crashed there. They go back and they find the original journals from 1947 where these guys are describing and detailing each balloon launch and the guy in charge says, I didn't launch a balloon that day because there was too much cloud cover. Now we also, they didn't, we know that they, they, they did not launch the balloons at night because uh, uh, fear of these things going into civilian traffic and the fact that there was a bomber squadron right there with atomic bombs. The last thing you want is a, is a uh, bomber that's loaded up with an, with an atomic bomb to run into one of these uh, uh, trains of balloons. That you, know, you you could have an, you could have an atomic catastrophe on your own in your own country, so there's no way this thing was launched at night, but they persist with the lie. They told us the lie in 1994. Now the lie has been fi- has been found out because uh, people have gone through their own documents that they used to construct the first lie and said, "Hey, this can't be true. there was no there was it says right here there was no balloon there, but what does the DoD and the skeptics and all the rest of these clowns do? They come back and they persist with that same lie. They go out and hire a retired, uh, whatchamacallit, and he says, oh, yeah, the balloon was, was launched at night, and this is how it happened. His math doesn't even add up to a fifth grade level. And it can't because the winds didn't match up. And beyond that, we know the balloon wasn't launched, and we know that they would have never launched that balloon at night like he claims they did. So they're just making up stuff uh, completely out of thin air, lying, lying, lying lying. This is why uh, it's so frustrating for me when we talk about these things and people say, well, you're a conspiracy theorist. Well, the government would never lie to us. We're catching the government lying right here to our face in 1994. They told you Project Mogul had balloons. One of the balloons crashed at Roswell. That's what it was. It wasn't a UFO. But when you go back to the very documents that they present you with and you look at those documents and you find the journal. Of the guy in charge of releasing those balloons, and he types into the uh, journal entry, "Did not release any balloons today. It was too cloudy out." Well, what's their response? Well, he must have he must have released balloons at night, and then the wind must have blew this way and that way, and then here's my here's my math proving that math that a fifth grader could do. And what do the skeptics say? Well, yeah, he made some mistakes, but no big deal. So they are calling the person in charge of the Mogul Balloon Project a liar. He said in 1947, no balloons that day. But 70 years later, the skeptics say, oh yeah, he released a balloon that night. So this is what I think is so insidious about these uh, debunkings and cover-ups of these situations. Not only do they not give us the facts to begin with, but even when they do give us a fax, they lie about they lie about the facts as we look at them. We can look at this document from nineteen forty seven where the engineer in charge of Mogul says, We released no balloons on June fourth. It was too dark it was too cloudy out. Huh? And they come back seventy years later, gaslighting us, telling us, Oh yes, they did release balloons at night. When there's no record of that, when it, been, it would have been illegal, and it would have been a completely irresponsible thing to do, in light of the fact that we had airplanes flying around, possibly with atomic bombs on them. So it goes on. And I'll finish up here. It says, departing AARO chief district chief Dr. Kirkpatrick did not get bogged down in these specifics while endorsing the Mogul balloon theory on his podcast in January. The laser physicist, once dubbed "Doctor Evil" by his Air Force colleagues, was quoting and sticking to emotional and cultural explanations for 1947's UFO media frenzy. Everybody's still raw from the war, Dr. Kirkpatrick told host Peter Bergen. There was also this fear coming out of World War II of being surprised, you know, the rockets that were shot down in London. More distraction. He's lying to you, straight face. That's my opinion. He's not addressing the key fact here. The key fact here is you told us, that the Mogul Project released a balloon and that balloon crashed at Roswell and that was mistaken for a UFO. But when we go back to the very documents that you used to tell us this, the person in charge of that balloon release says, no, I did not release a balloon on June 4th. It was too cloudy. No, we could never release a balloon in the middle of the night. That's too dangerous. It would be illegal. I don't want to go to jail. All that said, they come back to us 70 years and still push The original lie that's called gaslighting you're being lied to your face this is why i have such a low level of trust for these guys in the dod or any of these other you know three four letter agencies now it goes on here it says his appearance on bergen's podcast in the room with peter bergen has now extended to has now extended the one time CIA physicist feud with UFO whistleblower David Grush in a protracted media campaign. Dr. Kirkpatrick told Scientific American readers that conspiracy minded whistleblowers had failed to cooperate with his UFO investigation months after he also called Grush's congressional testimony on a hidden and illegal UFO crash retrieval program delivered under oath insulting. So th- this is just more the same thing out of Kirkpatrick and these deep staters. Uh, we, we catch him in a lie. We present them with the truth, and they continue to want to call names. They continue to want to push the original lie. They just go on and on and on. He's not saying a word about, hey, it says here in your own DOD documents that no balloon was released that day. What about it? So rather than confront the truth, they'll, they'll call the original employee a liar. It's, 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 it's maddening. It says DailyMail.com has reached out to the Pentagon's designated press contact for all things Arrow. Susan Gao, boy, she, there she is again, will update this article if she or her team responds. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. While well, Arrow's historical record on UFOs is due to Congress this June, the indication from Dr. Kirkpatrick's appearance on Bergen's Audible original podcast suggests that the Pentagon plans to return Plans to turn the report in early. Certainly, there must be records for a recovery team, the Army convoy that has involved the C-54 transplant, as well as explanation of the military's hyperbolic response, Dr. Penny reported, which involved detaining, questioning, and threatening civilians. Yes, over what a balloon? Rancher Mac Brazil, according to multiple interviews conducted by Lieutenant Colonel Randall, was one such civilian. Both Brazil's neighbor, Marion Strickland, and Brazil's son, Bill, told Randall in tape interviews, that Mac had been detained for several days on the base. Boy, that might have something to do with your opinions on something, wouldn't it? Randall also interviewed Major Edwin Eastley, the Provost Marshal at the Roswell Army Airfield in 1947, who confirmed in untaped conversations that Brazil had been detained after reporting the crash. Perhaps significantly, Brazil returned home from his alleged forced stay at Roswell's base guesthouse, regretting that he had come forward to report his UFO crash debris at all. Well, it's the U.S. government. I mean, imagine they could, you know, uh, make you regret saying anything. If I find anything else besides a bomb, Brazil told Roswell Daily Record, they're going to have a hard time getting me to say anything about it. Retired Air Force Colonel Weaver, who first put the U.S. military's office in premature on the Mogul balloon theory, said he still believes it is the most logical explanation to account for this incident. Not the most logical. I'm going to say it again. Using the documents provided by the DOD, we see that the guy in charge of launching the blo- launching that balloon, they're claiming crash there, said, no balloon launch today, too cloudy. It's th- they're facing the truth, and they still want to lie to your face. I'm still going with that. I'm still going with what we, with what we found in 1944, Colonel Weaver said in 2020. That's when my knowledge of what the Air Force has comes to an end. Well, what we found in 1994 was the original journals of the balloon project, which said no balloon launched on June 4th. So if there was no balloon launched, how could they find one at Roswell? Well, I guess they lied. They launched one in the middle of the night without telling us. No, why would they do that? In recent years, the Air Force's balloon theory has been repeated as a simple fact of history by many major news media outlets, including both Wired, Smithsonian magazines, as well as respected science communicators, including Bill Nye the Science Guy. The last time I knew, Bill Nye didn't even have a science degree. Can someone correct me if I'm wrong on that? I think he started as a comedian. But for the retired Lieutenant Colonel Randall of the University of Texas at Arlington's Roswell Project, the mogul balloon explanation is simply too light on concrete evidence. It's more than that. You, you're looking at the document. It says we didn't release a balloon that day. I don't know. What more do you need? Everybody agrees something fell there, Randall told DailyMail.com. The, things, the thing I say is we do not have a terrestrial explanation for what fell at Roswell. That doesn't necessarily make it extraterrestrial. It just means we can't explain it. America may never learn what really happened at Roswell, but its fascination with the case is sure to continue. There's one thing I want you to take from this long article that we went through okay which is mostly about just covering a, a lot of things it was a good article in one aspect and that is it gives you the sources of the, of the original uh, journal where the guy says no balloon launch on june 4th it tells you they're not allowed to, to launch balloons at night because it's too dangerous there's a nuclear air base there we don't want an airplane that's carrying a nuclear bomb to run into one of these balloons. We have to track these balloons. We have to bring them down. We have to, rec- we have to recover the sonar device that goes up with them. So we keep track of our balloons. There was no balloon launched, period. That's all there in black and white in 1947. It should be end of story, case closed. But what did these guys do? They just gaslight you. They say, well, it had to be a balloon. It must have been launched in the middle of the night. No, 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 no. They just got through telling you the balloons can't be launched at night. That's illegal. It's too dangerous. It could cause a nuclear explosion for crying out loud. That's the truth. But they keep repeating the lie over and over and over again. And who kept repeating it? Wired, Smithsonian, Science Guy, Bill Nye. All of these mainline media outlets kept repeating the lie to your face, and they continue to repeat it to your face in complete opposition to their own documents, which they showed us, where it says no balloon was released. Now, it's hard for some people to understand that there are people on this planet who will do things and sometimes do bad things and pretend to be your friend and pretend to be here to help you and then lie straight to your face when you confront them. And this is what has happened with the DoD. A department that cannot account for one half of its assets, $1.55 trillion. That same department has lied to your face about what happened at Roswell. They told you that a balloon crashed in the desert and was mistaken for a UFO. When we go back and look at the very documents that they provide us with and base this theory on, it says no balloon was launched. And they continue to tell the lie. They're not going to stop. Don't ever, ever expect uh, disclosure from this government, let alone expect the truth from any of these actors. There's too much at stake. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.